know that when you have a purpose and a calling on your life, there's nothing that nobody, nobody, and nothing can happen. I am Angela C. Wright. Over the top, the gotcha, gotcha. Oh, your numbers has shrunk. He said, I don't know how, why. You're going to have to have mounds of security for me because you're not going to get me. If I wasn't depressed and going through what I was going through, I probably would have never started. Welcome to another episode of Break Free Podcast. I am your host, Free. And today I have someone here that is really special to me, my uh, friend, my confidant, my sister from another mother, Mrs. She Chops herself, Deanna Christie. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, hey to me. What are you, oh. How about hey to me? Hey, Free, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, everybody? What's up, Don't Dee? forget to shift the beauty. Oh, yeah, shift the beauty. How did I forget? Yes, we'll get into all of that. Uh, how you feeling today? I'm feeling good. You feeling good? Baby, you in the A now? Thank Welcome you. To the a. Ain't going a. nowhere. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Born, Born and raised. raised. Yeah, so you uh and you've been in Atlanta now how long? Seven months. Seven months. Mm-hmm. So you with all that time that you was there in Indiana, how hard was it for you to make that shift? To just leave everything that you're so familiar with and come to a place. Well, originally you used to come here to see me. You'd be uh-huh. like, oh, it's so fun. I love it. I love it. I love it. But to actually get the nerve to move and, and come to Atlanta. It was honestly the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. It took the breath out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, because people love, um, I was stable there. And change is hard. So it was very hard for me to move here. And you had help, your family, for your kids and everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So was- what made you take that leap of faith? Well, um, one day I woke up in, in Indiana and I was in the bed and, God said, buy a ticket to Atlanta. I'm like, I'm not going to Atlanta. What am I going to Atlanta for? He was like, you going? I was like, no, I'm not, because I, I don't have no reason to go. And so I just paid for the ticket because my breath got short, and I'm like, I want this to go away. So I called you, and I was like, free, I'll be in Atlanta in the morning. you like, for what? I'm like, I don't know, but I'll be there in the morning. You said, okay, I'm going to have Shaquille a party anyway, so come on. So I come to Atlanta still not knowing why I got to come to Atlanta, but I got to do this because when God sends me messages, my breath gets short, and I can't move. So I got, got here, and we went to church on Sunday. And I'm Enid. Enid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Pastor Paul, you know, he's all G'd up. So I'm like, I ain't going to get nothing from him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then all of a sudden he was preaching. Everything went black. I could hear him preaching, but everything in the church went black. And God was like, I told you that it was your time was up in Indiana. And I'm like, what do you mean my time's up? He's like, you got to move to Atlanta. I'm not moving to Atlanta. When I first talked about Atlanta, my bank account was fat. Now it's not. I'm not moving to afford to move to Atlanta. And God was like, now you're going to do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Why would you make me do this? You know, I got three kids. I got a daughter in college, blah, blah, blah. I can't afford this. He's like, do it. I said, I don't have a job. He said, do it without a job. I'm like, I can't do that. So all this time, this is going back and forth in my head. And, and you sitting right next to me not knowing what's going on because it went black. So on our way to and the- And it wasn't until we got in the car and you started crying. And I'm like, Deanna, what's wrong? Why, why are you crying? And I said, God spoke to me. No, what you said was you was like, God said, I got to move. And it was the hardest thing ever because then it's like when I got back home, I'm like, I know I got to do this, but I still don't want to do it. Like, I still want to buck. You know what I mean? So God's making it hard for me. I had a job in Indiana. I had, you know, stability. I had a house. I had everything. Like, I didn't have a reason to move. But when I got home, it's just things just got harder. You know what I mean? Like, you got to move. What are you still here for? So I started looking for houses, but not seriously. But then when I started looking serious, and then you pushing me, talking about God said this. I'm going to go look at the house for you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Oh, it was hard. It took yeah. a minute, but it, it was it was the hardest thing ever. 
but the hardest thing. It, um, in that, in it, you you had a, you got a job. You got me a job. Well, God made well, a you way. Get, yeah. I was the tool that God the used. The tool God yeah. used. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a job. Yeah. Got the house. Yeah. Without know? even looking at it. Yeah. She said the first house I sent her to look at. By the time she get, they let her look at it. It was gone. This house, she's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, just pay for it now. We don't care if we see it or not. And we just pay for it. It happened to be a good house. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, that's not the first time that you had to exercise your faith or do something that was really hard. What was that, maybe five years ago you mm-hmm. sent it? Yeah, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? No, not in, that's not even the sentencing day. Let's go to the day where you was picked up. <sighs> the day I was picked up, um, I was at my boyfriend's house. And... Um, I had called him that morning, and for some reason, I don't know if we had argued that night or not, and he was like, what? And I'm like, what, where are you at? And he was like, at the doctor. I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, I'm about to go, but me being me, you know, even though he mad, I still got to cook his lunch and all this stuff, because he had a job at the time. So I That's go your boyfriend or your husband? Boyfriend. Oh, because you do Always that, acting yeah. out of place. Yeah, yeah. I play my role, even oh, though okay. the role be wrong. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right, just, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um. I still cooked his, you know, his lunch and stuff, get it ready for, you know, his job and stuff like that. Even though he hustled, he still, you know, had a job. Mm-hmm. And so um, then I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and go to the casino because he had already gave me money for, you know, my car payment, my bills and all that stuff. So I'm like, but well, he walked in the door on me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, where are you going? I said, I'm about to run to the casino. He was like, wait for me. I got to run and do something real quick. I said, what? He was like, just wait for me. You was going to go without me. Just flip that, you know, change whole mentality. And so I waited, but the phone rung. And he was like, D. I said, what? He was like, I think Johnny Law behind me. And I'm like, what? I'm still, you know, kind of green. So I didn't know what he meant. I'm thinking, you can pull it over. Who cares? I said, so what you want me to do? He was like, it's a sack in there for my cousin because he never kept drugs at the house. Mm-hmm. But his cousin, you know, people that he know, he would probably bring some to the house. He was like, grab it. I said, you want me to put it in the garbage disposal? He said, no, take it with you. He said, you got that money? I said, yeah. He was like, all right, uh, just take it with you. I'll meet you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I'm coming, when I go out the house, I see a white truck. White truck, so I'm thinking it's him, but I'm still gonna go because I don't know if they following him to the house. Yeah. So I turned, and the way I turned, the police lost me. They was they was following me, but they lost me because I, you know, I illegally turned somewhere else because I know the back streets. And so, um, but me, my heart wouldn't let me go to the casino. My heart kept saying, "You got to go check and make sure he's okay," because my brain is saying, "If he's pulled over and he got drugs, on you got to run your car into the car. You got to do something. You got to play crazy. You got to try to save him." So I'm doubling back, going back the other way, looking for him where they got him pulled over to make sure he's okay. Meanwhile, I didn't know they was looking for me. Mm-hmm. So I pulled in the grocery store because I couldn't find him. I had already circled the block, and I couldn't find him. So I pulled in the grocery store, and I see an old car, a Lincoln. That, these cars too old to be on the street. And then I seen the man pull a mask over his head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, I think they after me. So I pull off, like, acting like I didn't know. And then all of a sudden, another car, and they just jumped out with all kind of guns on me. Get out the car, get out the car. I'm like, what I do? You know what I mean? So, um, did you get rid of I, the bag? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, I stuffed it. I stuffed the bag and the money. I got it out of my purse. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had called his son on the phone and I said, whatever you, whatever's going on in that house, you need to clean it up. I don't even know if he knew what I was talking about, but if he's he, just trying to talk, yeah, control, yeah. yeah, I said, clean it up. Whatever you, whatever's wrong, you need to clean it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if your dad, you know, your dad's busy. I need you to clean up the house. Yeah. And so, but I didn't know I was getting recorded. You know, I didn't know none of that. I didn't know I was getting recorded or none of that. So. When they got me, they still couldn't find no money or nothing on me because I had it on me, and I had, like, some leggings and a shirt, and I had a cardigan on. So they searching the car. He's talking about, can I get a warrant to search? No, you can't get a warrant to search my car. He 
was like, well, I'll bring the dogs. I said, you better bring them. So he's brought the dogs and said he smelled drugs in my car. But there was no drugs in my car. The they always say me. that. They always so say that. So they searched my car and all that stuff. And they said, well, we got a hit for some. You didn't get a hit for nothing. I don't even smoke weed. You didn't get yeah. nothing in my car. And so um, still not knowing, you know, what's going on with him or, you know, what. I'm still not knowing, y'all. I'm not knowing these are the feds. I'm not knowing nothing. All I know is. In that in that moment, you more still worried. They got worried you, about him. And you worried about him. Because I know I don't sell drugs. I don't care. Yeah. And he'll get me out. Yeah. He's my superhero. He's going to get me out of anything. I ain't never had an issue. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, he saves me. He saves the day all the time. You know, I ain't really had a hard life. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm just like, um, the police are like, well, once they kept me out there for hours, still not searching me. No lady was on. They never searched me. So I'm like, okay, they're going to let me go. You know, yeah. I'm good. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit there and talk to them. Meanwhile, I feel like the money is about this much money. Uh -huh. I feel like it's about to fall. I'm like, oh, my God, they got my hands behind my back. I can't really. So move, now, move, now move. I'm sitting down on the ground, you know, so they can't see. So they end up calling the lady, and she searched me. She found it. And so they was like, um, well, you're under the arrest, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay. You know, still, I don't give a damn about y'all arresting me because I know I'm getting out. Yeah. And so they was like, well, we're going to take you to – we gonna take her to something. So I asked the man. They put me back of a van. I said, "Where y'all taking me to?" He said, "We gonna take y'all to a center where you can tell us what you know." I said, "I don't know nothing." He was like, "Well, that's hard to believe." I said, "Well, I don't." So go into. He said, "Oh, we call the paddy wagon." She don't want to talk. She don't want to talk because I'm not telling nothing. Yeah. And so um, the paddy wagon finally came. Like I was out there for like three or four hours. My arms is numb, and so I'm in a paddy wagon. My arms behind my back, and the door opens. It's him. They, they had him at a non-disclosed location because they had locked him prior to me. Mm -hmm. And I heard him say, I have my Louis Vuitton purse in the back. He said, is that, per is that a girl on the other side? He asked the guy. The guy was like, I don't know. I said, it's me. And so he got in the car and he was talking. I'm like, I know common sense. Why are you in this van talking? Shut the fuck up. We can't be talking in here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, we really didn't do a lot of talking. But a lot of times, they, then they did you know, a lot of transport. They transported us together and stuff like that. But that was the day that it happened. Wow, and at this time, how long had you been with him? Uh, approximately eight years, eight seven years. to eight years. Yeah. yeah, so you felt like your life just revolved around him, like you didn't even care that them people had you. You didn't, you didn't care what you was up against. You just was like, oh, it is what it is. Is it? Because he's gonna save me, so I don't care. Well, he can get us out, even if it was the feds, or you just didn't know. I it was didn't the know. Feds. I, I honestly didn't know it was the feds, and still. He gonna say That's what today. lawyers are for. He gonna say today. He gonna say today. And um, so you like throughout your relationship, you always felt like he's gonna save the day. Well, when I first met him, he was married, and I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. He, uh, we first went on our first date. I was like, he was like, "Do you got a boyfriend?" I was like, "No." He had asked my cousin about me and asked, "Could he take me out?" I said, "Yes." And I said, "Were well, you married? You know, fiance?" He said, "None of the above." And I believed him. He didn't have a wedding ring. We went out of town. We did everything together. So, who would let their husband do this? Mm -hmm. So. I, it was about. It's not who let their husband do it. That's how. I now you're wise enough to know no. that when when men have a certain type of money, mm -hmm. it's not who let them do it. The money let them do it. Yeah. You you get what I'm saying? Because we've all been there, including myself. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter. It, it's not who would let them do it. But I can understand what you said. He made it believable, but yeah. that like there was nobody else because he would stay. Y'all would stay together. He would take you out of town. Mm -hmm. Y'all would be seen together. So you felt like. He didn't, you know, he didn't have anybody else. And how did you find out? That I he asked was around town, nobody knew him. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know him because I didn't know his nickname. So I'm saying his name, and they're like, nah, I don't, know th I don't know him. I don't know him. Well, me being me, I finally ran into one of my old homeboys, and I said it to him. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, he was like, that's my homeboy. We, we real cool. He's married. I said, he's what? He said, he's married. He's like, but she's foreign. She's from Jordan or somewhere. I'm like, oh, really? 
So me, I'm not telling him that, the, that you know, my homeboy told me. So I tell him, like, hey, I had a dream you was married. Mm-hmm. He was like, what? I ain't married. Da, da, da. I don't know where that came from. So I just kept saying Still I had long. a reoccurring dream, reoccurring dream, you know, yeah. to see if he would tell on himself. And he never told. So finally I just said, well, I looked it up. I know that you're married. And at that time, I stopped talking to him. But my heart wouldn't let me. So he started showing up with Louis Vuitton purses, dropping them off at the house. You know, obviously gifts on my bed all the time, drop, dropping it off to the kids. And it just weaned me back in because I really loved him still. My heart was hurting not talking to him. I was, I was like, he changed my whole life. Like, um, it's just diff- different places. Going. Did you grow up with both of your parents? No, I did not. I, my father was a drug dealer, mm-hmm. um, but he really didn't want to be a father. So my grandmother would make him be a father. And then he was in prison most of my life, too. Okay, and then um, what about your mom? My, um, I did grow with my mother, but um, just growing up, knowing things that I know now, we were able to do whatever we want to when she had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When she didn't have a boyfriend, she focused on us, but when she had a boyfriend, we could run the streets, you know, hang out, do stuff. But growing up, I was made to stay on the porch. Like, my grandmother would be like, no, you can't go with your cousins. You can't do that. Your mother don't want y'all doing that. So I was always sheltered a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when, you know, when I got away, I was just like, this is life. Like, I used to sell weed at the age of, my mother didn't even know. I was selling weed at the age of 16, mm-hmm. selling all the weed in the neighborhood. You know, she didn't know. She thought I was a whore. I remember her saying, what are you, a whore? Because <laughs> niggas was pulling up, you know, in old schools and all this yeah. stuff. But yeah. she's not knowing. She's thinking I'm talking to all these guys, but really they buying weed. Yeah. I'm having weed in my closet at her house, bagging it up, going to sell it to them, but she don't know. Mm-hmm. So she thinks that I'm just in the streets like that, but she had no idea what I was really doing. You said your boyfriend changed your life. So how do you feel like he changed your life? He changed my life because I always had, I, I've always had somebody that, you know, I've always worked my own self, but I always had men that would give me more than what they have. You know what I mean? So every boyfriend that I've had, you know, has always been a provider. You know what I mean? But he provided on another level. You know what I mean? Like we were taking trips out of town whenever I felt like it. You know, kids going everywhere, like all this different type of stuff. And when I left my, my last boyfriend, I, I had my three kids and I was, it was, you know, it was just me. So I, you know, I created a budget for us to, you know, do this and do this and do this because I was by myself and I was staying focused at this time. Yeah. So he came in and just disrupted my budget, disrupted everything, and then the kids fell in love. You know what I mean? The family, he's very family-oriented. So his family, well, he would have get-togethers at his house all the time, all kind of stuff, because when he finally, he ended up divorcing his wife for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying for me because I don't think I did that. I believe they went to, I know they went to counseling and stuff, but it just didn't work out because he wouldn't leave me alone. So when he got a divorce, you know, he bought a, you know, a bigger house and things like this. And my kids were, you know, there all the time. Like, they could spend the night at either house they want to, whenever they wanted to. Did you ever feel bad that he left his wife? Or you just wasn't thinking about her? You was just thinking about yourself? In all honesty, I felt bad for her at, at one point. But then I felt like she ain't fight for her man. I'm not letting mine go. <laughs> Nobody's winning over me. So I feel like she didn't put up the fight. So that's what, you know what I mean? Did that was you, your husband. You should have fought harder for him. Did you ever, like, feel bad, like, spiritually? Like, I know this is wrong, and, you know, I shouldn't be doing it or whatever. Because, you know, for myself, like, you know, I was messing with a married man. You know what I mean? Randall was married at the time when we start messing around. Mm-hmm. He divorced his wife. You get what I'm saying? For me, even though J.D. was getting ready to come home from prison, so for real, I don't even know why you did that because my dude is getting ready to come home. You get what I'm saying? But I did feel like when he got on the stand and testified against me, in that moment, I said that was my karma. You get what I'm saying? Because I always tell people, you can put it however you want to put it. But God God word. He's not mocked. Don't be deceived. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. And people don't realize, like, it doesn't come back. 
in the way you put it out. I tore that girl family up and guess tore that girl life up and guess what? He got on that stand and he tore mine up and sent my behind the prison. You get what I'm saying? So I'm saying like in spiritually, did you ever feel bad or did you ever feel like your karma came back because of it? Prior to meeting him, it's always been married man trying to talk to me and I would never talk to him because I'd be like, I don't want that karma on my marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know. So I feel like I use it as a crutch. Like I didn't know at first, but when you knew Deanna, you should have walked away. You know better. Yeah. But I couldn't, like I was living on emotions. I couldn't, I couldn't let myself hurt trying to make them feel better. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I feel like I was a sacrificial lamb. Like I had to go to prison because of what I did to their family, even though I didn't do it intentionally. You know what I mean? But Deanna, you can't work on emotions. You have to work by, you know, live by this book of God, you know what I mean? And do the things that you're supposed to do. When you know better, you do better. Yeah. And I knew better and I ain't do better. So how long was you out prior to before like sentencing? Uh, I was out, I want to say almost a year. Mm -hmm. And he never got out, right? He never got out. Yeah. And so you were still there holding him down and everything. Talking in fake voices because they told me I couldn't talk to him, so I'm changing my voice, buying machines to talk to him on the phone. Uh, they have me call other people's phone. They pulling up on me. I could not talk to him. You was buying machines. Yeah, like to change my voice so I could talk to him. I hope they can't come back and get me for that. No, girl, it's over. You just saved it, girl. You just saved it. Tell you off probation. They, and then, 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 free, free. then what's crazy? My uh, paralegal on my case worked for the attorney. He, um, he said something like, don't get no fake ID to go see him. I'm like, dang, I can do that? Like, I didn't even know nothing about that. He put that in my head, but I didn't do it. But what I would do, and this sounds crazy, crazy, crazy. I worked at the government center, which is downtown by the jail. Mm -hmm. So I would drive to work, park in the parking lot, and go stand outside the window of the jail. So he could see me every day. For and he can't, an y'all can't hear each other nothing. And you'll just stand there for him to look at or you. Or he would call my cell phone, and then he would be on the phone, but he couldn't see from the phone. So he'd be like, okay, when you about to be here? I'd be like, five minutes. On his birthday, I, I I bought the kids cupcakes and stuff and made them go down there with candles. Just stand outside the window. Crazy. Did y'all hear that? She said she used to go stand outside the window. At the bus station, because the bus station from the jail's here and the bus station's here. So you can stand under the things of the bus station, like a big bus station, you know, like all kind of city buses and stuff. So you can stand there. So in my mind, if the police catch me here, I'm just catching the bus. But I'm really here for him. You know what I mean? I wanted him to know that, hey, I, I'm supporting you and I'm here every day. I just what didn't want him to feel left out. What type of love is that, Deanna? When I say, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, you know how y'all be, that, since I've been down here, we've been talking about a pot. Maybe I'm in a pot or something. I don't know. <laughs> because it's, it's unbelievable. And like, when I tell people, like, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and he was like, I wish my woman would love me like that. I don't know what it is. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. It's so hard to shake. It's, it's hard. And, um... So I met you in prison, mm -hmm. and I can't really remember. I think we met because you was in my step aerobics class. Is that how we met? No, because you just said hi in there. We really, I mean, that's my first encounter with you was uh -huh. in your aerobics class. What did people tell you about me when you got to prison? That's free. She don't talk to people. I'm like, so? I don't care. <laughs> I don't even know her. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I remember, I don't, I can't really remember how we hit it off, but I remember seeing your pictures one day. That's what it was. Your, your pictures, I was like, oh, let me see. I don't even know how I ended up down there where you was at, but I was like, let me see your pictures. And I was going, I was like, oh, y'all was fly, you know. Mm -hmm. and, to, and for me, it was a breath of fresh air. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Somebody coming in, somebody looking cute. They Y'all dress you, little Deanna and Mel, you mm -hmm. know, your cousins and them. Like, you know, so it was like, wow, like, li you know, life mm -hmm. for me. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Because them dusty behind Digi Bra, that was, they ain't had no, them people hadn't lived. There wasn't no pictures that y'all was getting sick. Feds ain't full of people with just money. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I remember looking at your pictures, and then I think from there we just kind of hit it off and start, you know, start talking, and I remember um, – People feeling like you was going home, mm -hmm. and you know, people 
was feeling like, oh, y'all won't be in touch, da 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 but huh, little they know, we still in touch, we still right here, and we still besties, you know, but uh, it's just, um, I remember like a hard day for you, though, in prison. Well, one hard day I can remember is when they told you you had your halfway house date. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> I cried like I was never getting out of jail. Yeah, and it was only because they had changed it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They had changed the date or whatever, and I remember, and I just felt so bad, and I'm like, oh, God. they like, Deanna's outside. She's crying. She got bad news. And the first thing I'm thinking, like, is it the kids? Like, what's going on? I go down there, and you talk about, they changed my day. I'm only getting four months to halfway. I was like, Deanna, that's what you crying for. <laughs> yes, I was in tears walking around that track. I couldn't get it together. I had to go to track so nobody could see me because yeah. I couldn't get it together. Well, somebody seen the girl and mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they, you know, they came and told me or whatever because they knew, you know, like Deanna's free heart. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, I think like during hard times, like we've always been there yeah. for each other and was able to build a bond. And you know, some could say I know you know, feel like I'm overprotective over you. You get what I'm saying? Or some, you know, and I know many times you feel like I'm so hard on you. You get what I'm saying? But it's just that in some areas you are green. You know what I mean? And I'm not. And I feel like it's my job to protect you because you really don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, when dudes ask about I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, no, Mm -hmm. she's not talking to you. No, uh uh-uh, she's not talking to you. You know, but I just feel like, too, Deanna, you are really genuinely a good person, Mm -hmm. a very loyal person, you know, and people take that for granted, you know, so that's why sometimes if you just feel like, oh, she's so overprotective, oh, freaking on my nerves, or, you know, y'all keep little things from me, or don't want me to I trust your judgment. Yeah. You've learned to, but you didn't always feel like that. Yeah. And then, um, so, you, you know, you're at the sentencing and everything and being in prison, it wasn't so bad for you, huh? It, It wasn't that bad. And what's crazy is I want to I also discuss this. Like, on my way to drive, I had to drive myself to prison. Mm-hmm. So my auntie went, my brother went, and my uncle went. And so me, I wanted to go on the run. I ain't even had that much time. I wanted to go on the run. I'm like, dang, if I go on the run, then they catch me in four years, I probably won't be ready. Yeah. Who wanted to go on the run for this little time? But I wanted to go on the run. I'm just, all this stuff is going through my head. And all of a sudden, when we crossed over in Kentucky, God said, is somebody I need you to meet? And I'm like, what? So I told my auntie. I said, God said it's somebody I need to meet in prison. I'm sissy. Yep, I'm sissy. I said, she was like, what? My uncle said, well, there you go. Must be somebody you need to meet. I said, I don't know. So I'm thinking somebody I need to meet to help, not somebody that would help me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So after, you know, being in prison, I realized it was you. You know what I mean? God God wanted me to meet you. Oh, so you're about to make me cry. God wanted what, me to meet you. This so is this what is what it was because he had a plan. He had a divine plan. Mm-hmm. And this was all part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, But it, it's hard. Like, people, don't, we don't listen to God. We don't listen to things that he says. We, we feel like that, you know, oh, we tripping or something. It's not tripping. It, yeah. it really be God. Yeah, it really does. People, everybody feel like some people don't know. They think when God talks to you that it's some roar or loud voice. They don't know yeah. it's the voice within, how people get intuition. That's God talking yeah. to you, you know, if you just, you know, listen and, and, and be obedient. Um, well, this part I know is particularly hard for you. It was another day that was really a hard time for you in prison. Mm-hmm. And, um. You I had a lot of them, didn't I? No, nah, you ain't had not more than Reese. Not more than Reese. <laughs> but, you know, this day, I came in. I was already in my room, and you came in. And you remember at this time, I had the room to myself, that four man. And you plopped down over there on that in, that empty bed, and you was boo-hoo crying. Like, to the point, and I'm like, what? I'm like, Deanna, what's wrong? Is it the kids? Or, you know, like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, 
like my my cousins and them once once this all happened everybody had like a ill will you know against my ex you know so they they was telling me all kind of stuff they didn't know that was breaking me down in prison like this is stuff you shouldn't say to people in prison you know you should just let them do their time and just you know let them deal with it later mm-hmm. you know what i mean and they was like well all the paperwork starting starting to come out now mm-hmm. so they like um he told on you i said told on me for what i ain't i ain't got no what can he get from telling on me well what the that was when the when the when the, cause I never looked at none of it. I believed everything he said. If sky's green, baby, it's green. I'm if not. If he tell you it's raining quarters, you're going outside with I'm a bucket. I'm going out with a bucket to get it. And yeah. I'm, you know what I mean. Yeah. I believe I believe what he says because I feel like he loves me. You know, he the way lo- you love him. Yes, I yeah. feel like you know because my I love hard, and I feel like he was giving me that back, even though he did things. I feel like you know this is it, and it probably got a lot to do with you know daddy issues like abandonment and stuff like that that I wasn't you know, ready to deal with. Like, I'm learning a lot of things just being here in the field that I'm in now about trauma, you know what I mean? So I didn't know at the time that this is what was going on. Yeah. So anything he would say, I would believe. So I didn't I didn't need to see no paperwork because he told me everything. He told me I was going to jail. I yeah. didn't even know. My lawyer told me that I was going home on house arrest. Mm-hmm. He said, He said, tell me what they said. He said, tell me what it looked like. He said, she's lying to you. He said, you're automatically getting jail time. He said, brace yourself now. Because you're going to jail. And the lawyer didn't tell me that. Mm-hmm. She's making me. So I'll go to court. And I'm like, well, she said I'm going home. But he said I'm going to jail. So, you know, I already believe him. Mm-hmm. He said I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. Yeah. So, so you I, believed him over the, I over the him lawyer. I believed him over the lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long and behold, when I got to got to court, they sent me to jail, didn't they? So, you know, I believe him. So um, He knew because he was telling. But go ahead. But so they had asked him, like, um, was the drugs was the drugs and money yours that, you know, was on her? He said no. But me... Being me, I'm already making an excuse because he didn't know what was going on, so he couldn't he couldn't say that. He didn't know what to say. He had to get his plans together. This is me. This is just this is how my mind works. This is how much I you know I believe in everything that he says. So did you ever confess? Like why did why did them drugs was yours? Why did you tell them people them drugs was mine? Yeah, and he said exactly what I just told you. He said what? I didn't know. I, I had to figure out what they had against against me first. I didn't know. I didn't answer none of the questions first. That's what he told me. And I believed it. You believe that he didn't answer the question? No, I believe everything he say. I don't care what it was. I believed it. Unless it was about a girl, I believed it. Only thing I didn't believe is about cheating. Anything else, I believe it. So even Why would he do me like that? You know what I mean? All the things that I do and the person who I am, he wouldn't do me like that. He wouldn't tell them that it's not his drugs and it is. He wouldn't do that. Even though it was in black and white? I don't care. They, no. He didn't do that. They even, the, 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 Attorney, my paralegal, he let me listen to phone calls of girls with girls. I didn't care because y'all was just trying to get me to turn on him. So I forgive him. Again, what type of love is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's dangerous. I don't know. I don't know what it I don't know what type of love so it is. So like right now, after all that, because you've caught him several times mm-hmm. with infidelities with other women, but we know that come apart. That that's mm-hmm. you know, part of it or whatever. And even with him telling on you, mm-hmm. you you being in jail. You still feel like I was writing him in jail, back and forth, sending letters to his house, sending them to whoever, gonna send them back and forth. So I was still, I still was getting, and I, I want to say it's manipulation, but I don't think it was, cause I, I, I think it's just me, just crazy. I don't know, but so I'm still, not crazy. He's still keeping me on a leash, you know, by communication. Communication is a gateway to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can keep the communication, you can keep the mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in prison, he made sure he kept it, and he was putting money on my books every week, all that. But I remember, like, after that day, like, you was really hurting. You said you was done with him. I lied. And I didn't understand how did it go from 
you was done with him till you coming home and it's like him, 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 him all over again. He to was still sending me letters, so he still was in my head. He still was sending me letters. So every time I got mail, you notice I went to my room? Yeah. I went to my room to read his letters. I mean, I don't know. I don't think anybody ever felt like this about a man like this. And if they did, please come forward. Because it, it, now that I look back, it's like, it's sickening. You know what I mean? Do you still love him right now? I love him. Would you be with him? No. only reason I can't because God told me not to. In my heart, yes. Sad. I can't help it. You would still be with him I after he him. sent you to jail? Uh, yes. That was the happiest part of my life. The happiest time of my life. You haven't seen the happiest part of your life. That's baby. what I feel though. That's the manipulation and things that are in me. I feel like that was the that was the best time of my life ever. That was the best time of my life. You ain't seen the best time. I could promise and you. And you know, God tells me that, so I know I'm not doing that no more. I'm not going against God's will ever again. Mm -hmm. So that's why I know when I, I know He had me move to Atlanta because we didn't know He was getting out. Yeah, we had no idea. No, I told you He was getting out. You did. I told you He but was he getting wasn't, out. But He wasn't due out to 2026. So I'm like, God, why are you trying to force me to Atlanta this fast? But now that things are planned, I'm like, God did this on purpose. Like, I got to get you out the way. And what's crazy is my brother said, God is trying to get out of the way because that nigga probably about to get out. I'm like, he ain't getting out to 2026. That ain't it. Long and behold, I've been here seven months and he out. You know what I mean? So I know this. And I, you know, and I try to, I'm, you know, I ask God every day, like, you know, what is it? What is it? But like I said, I feel like that was the happiest time of my life. That was the, I was really, really happy in that space. Whether it was right or wrong, I, that was the happiest I've ever been in my life. Have you talked to him since he's been home? Yes, I have. And, and what does he say? Does he apologize about anything he's done to him? He didn't do anything. He made he made it seem like I hurt him. I'm unloyal to him. Because I moved to Atlanta, and when am I coming back? Because he, he had the nerve to tell me, don't be gone too long before I get another Deanna. I tell him, boy, go mix four, five, six of them. You still wouldn't. Sti they still won't be a Deanna. I told him she'll have to die and come back reincarnated to be a Deanna. That's all I can tell you, because... Things like this, he's a he's a manipulator. So of course he is. Do you do you remember when you used to come see me? How he'd be like, "Oh, that's your girlfriend." Yeah, y'all in a relationship. Yep. And then when you moved down here to Atlanta, how yep. he put in the streets. Yeah, that I was that, down here being gay. That, that we I moved you down here and we're a couple. Yeah, he's a sick individual. Yep. Mm -hmm. You don't even know me, dude. But, I, you know, I look at it as he was doing that to make you feel some yep. type of way, to make you. Do you know what I mean? To make you change your mind because he knew, I feel like too, that he knew, Deanna, that if you was able to get out of his reach, he has no control no more. And the, you know, the little he could do over the phone, yeah, but. And I used to speak on that. I used to be like, you love me. You don't love me unconditionally. You love me for what I can do for you. Love me as long as you got control. Mm -hmm. He has no control of me, so he can't handle it. Like me living down here, he couldn't handle that. He don't know what I'm doing. He has to have reach on me. You know what I mean? And you know, Manipulate with, with gifts and money and things like that. You know what I mean. But me being down here, he he couldn't he couldn't dare deal with that. He's very insecure. He's very an uh, insecure man. So it just without he the never thought you would do it. Mm -mm. Well, people around you didn't think that no. you would do it either. Mm -mm. Yeah, your aunt sissy did though. Mm -hmm. He yeah. thought he thought when he got home I would be moving back. Forget that lease. Don't worry about it. We'll pay it out. Do whatever. You know what I mean. But I ain't going back because I know God has a divine plan for me. He told me that. You know what I mean. But. I have to close that door for him to open up. Do you remember me always telling you, like, you're never going to be able to have another dude until you're able to let him go? And that's why I don't have one. I, I realize that that's why I don't have one because it's been so hard. Like, this interview is a deal breaker. Like, I would never 
get on here and speak about him. You know that. Mm-hmm. So this is I made this like this is the this is the deal breaker. Like because do you remember when I first asked you when I was doing I a podcast? You, no. you said no. And I, was, I respected it. I ain't get mad. I ain't yell. I ain't scream or nothing. But I just was like, okay, I understood because you knew I was going to bring him up, you know? And I understood you saying no, and I respect that. So, I mean, you've made it crystal clear that you still love him. And uh, you in love with him? I'm not in love. You're not in love. But I wouldn't be able to stay away this long if I was. Yeah. Do you feel like he loves you? Yeah. And, and the reason being said, and it's just, like I said, like this is a deprogramming something that I have to go through, and I, I definitely realize that. Um, well, y'all may not know, well, you know, he told on other people on our case, but the reason why he told, he told me he told is to save me. So I feel like, I felt like he saved me, you know what I mean? He saved me from doing the 10 years they was going to give me or the five years going to be, because people always say, Deanna, how did you get caught with that kind of drugs and only get that kind of time? I guess it was because of him. You know what I no, mean? No, it was because you ain't had no record and them people knew you ain't had nothing to do with it anyway. But, like, I, I've explained that I believe everything that he says. He's always had my best interest at heart. Lord, if you're listening to me, I don't ever, 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 ever want that kind of love. And I don't want it no more ever again either. <laughs> like, never, ever again. Like, I don't even know how, this, how I got here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I ain't a stranger to danger, you know what I mean? Like, I had a daddy in the streets. I seen my daddy beat women and manipulate women. All that. I don't know how this happened. This is, like, I don't know where this came from. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how this happened to me. But, you know, it had to happen for me to be here today. It had to happen for me to be the person who I'm becoming, you know what I mean? But And who is that person that you're becoming? Great, you know what I mean? You know, I always said, uh, made you great again. Yeah. Like, you know, this this case made me great again, you know what I mean? Like I didn't do a lot. I didn't go on girl trips. I didn't do nothing because he didn't. He didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Like he would say, he would always tell me, "So, you want to think for yourself?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." He'd be like, "I will pay your own bills." Not that I couldn't pay my own bills because I worked, but he would do things like this. Like I remember I was out to eat with one of my friends, and I didn't tell him I was going. He was like, "Why are you out with her? She a hoe. She did. She that." My phone got cut off right in the middle of dinner, so I went and got my own phone now. You know what I mean? Because he had so much control over me. I didn't go places without him. If I, if you were go- taking the trip. He'd be like, where she take? Where y'all going, Turks? Okay, well, where you want to go? Look on the map. Where you want to go? We can go. You know what I mean? So he, I didn't do none of that. He didn't take guy trips. He didn't leave me ever. His friends would be like, you bring a dick? He'd be like, why wouldn't I? He took me everywhere he went. So that was love to me. You know what I mean? I always include me. But it was it was part of, you know, he was taking care of his insecurities at the same time. You know what I mean? That's he didn't what I'm saying. Like, looking back now, do you realize, like, that was just manipulation? Yeah, I do. I do because, like, the thought of me now, he can't stand it. Mm-hmm. He can't stand the thought of me now because he can't he get can't to me. He can't even handle the you yeah. now. No, he, he, there's no way he could deal with me. I, I've, I've been gone too long. You know what I mean? God, get, prison gave me the separation I needed, mm-hmm. you know, to become the person I am. And it's not that I can't think for myself because I thought for myself all, you know, all these years. But it's that I had so much love for him. I loved him more than I loved myself. And you know what you said? And you said One day you said you was more faithful to the streets than your son. I felt the same way. I abandoned my kids for this man. I left my kids who don't have a father. My son does, but the other ones don't have a father. My other two daughters, they don't have my daughter's father's dead. You know what I mean? But I left them, you know, in different places because all my loyalty to this man. I didn't think twice about it. Never did. I put my kids where they needed to be so they could thrive, and I was going to do this time. So I was more loyal to him than I was to my own self. Yeah, yeah. And so with, like, knowing all this now, 
Would you go back if it was something that you could, would you go back? Would you change it? No, I've learned so much from the person who I was to the person who I am now, because for a person to say that I'm not loyal after everything I gave up, I gave up my freedom, freedom. You can't get that back. You At know all. what I mean? Time, you can't get that back. So yeah. I gave up all these things for this man only for him to say I was never loyal. So it's like. That's the lie he feeding you now? Oh, that yeah, that's what he says now. I was never loyal because I didn't come to prison and see him. Felons can't even come and see you. So he didn't manipulate the counselor to put me on a visiting list. The counselor put me on a visiting list even though I'm his co-conspirator. I don't know what he said to them. They put me on a visiting list. But I never went because, you know, it was COVID at the time, you know, stuff like that. But then he told me, don't come. He said, don't worry about it. We behind the glass. Don't come and visit me. You know I was going. He said, don't come and visit me. But he feeds me like, so you never came to visit me. Well, you told me not to. I'm cor- of course I'm going to do what you said. You told me not to come. But he uses this for manipulation to try to, you know, so you're not coming back to Indianapolis. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. No. Okay. Okay, B-I-T-C-H. Be down there with, with that dyke then. You know, things like that. But Boy, you wish I was a dyke. I know what it is. You know what I mean? I know what it is. Like, I'm dealing with trauma, you know, in the – you know, the job that I have now, kids with trauma and things like that. I'm like, dang, I'm traumatized too, you know. So I'm just learning. It's just a work in progress. Yeah, and it is. And it's different forms of trauma. Yeah. It's different stages you're going to have to go through, mm-hmm. you know, to clear. But one thing we do know that our God is sovereign. Yes. And our God's a healer. He's a good a deliverer. Like, we know that, you know, all things work together for the good. And it's going to work together. It's working. Mm-hmm. It's working together. So let's just shift, honey, and tell me about Shifted Beauty. Okay, well, I, I like to speak life into people, you know, change their thinking and their perspective. You know, everybody has not been through what I've been through. They can't, I've been in situations, you know, been in rooms with guys where I hear how they talk about women. I hear things like that. They trust me. So I hear a lot of things. So I just put out there the things that I know. You know, you might not like what I say, but it's the truth. Because I'm not speaking from what I think. I'm speaking from what I know. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, want to keep people on, you know, playing ground. That way you don't have to be manipulated because you know what they're thinking because I'm telling you. This is how it's going to work. You might think you're not dealing with it, but really you are. You know, just things like that. Yeah. And then also she chops. Well, I also cook um, vegan meals and regular meals for, you know, people around Atlanta daily. And what's your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is shiftedbeauty underscore, I think. Or yeah. it might not have an underscore. Yeah, yeah. But then underscore. it's she chops. Yeah. She chops is my cooking page, and shifted beauty is my um, my um, life-changing page, basically. Yeah. And so, yeah, shifted beauty is more so – Going in the direction of your nonprofit. It is. Yeah, my nonprofit, like I said, I want to be able to shift minds. You know, everybody don't think the same. And plus, when you've been incarcerated and stuff, you mad at people when you get out. You got to let all that go. You got to, you know, be able to take what God has for you. You have to forgive. You know, God is love and love is God. So you have to forgive people. And you can't blame people for what happened. Take it and move on. Yeah, and I always tell you, you can't can't welcome things in if you don't let things go. Absolutely. You know, and so... um, as long as our life is full or our hands are full or we set in a mindset of where we feel like this is it, that is it, you can't, there's no room for growth. You can't make room, like Pastor Pierre always say, make room. Yep. You know, so we have to constantly make room in our life for the things that we want to see. So what are some of the goals that you have? Uh, well, I want to be a, a speaker. So I want to go around, you know, speaking on things that I know about change behavior. One thing I do know is new information changes behavior. Yes. So once you, if you listen to me long enough, You'll change your behavior because I'm, what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. You might not like it, but sometimes you just got to go home and think about it. You know what I mean? I'm not telling you how to think. I'm just telling you again what I know. So that's my main goal to, you know, go around speaking to people about change behavior, talking to girls about not getting manipulated by men, watching who you sleep with, watching who you get in bed with, I mean, in business and everything else, you know, the things like that, and just paying attention to your right, watching who you keep in your company. And if you could tell young girls 
one thing or two, if you want to tell them two things that you feel like about um, relationships or about what would you tell them? I would tell you, love yourself. Love you more than you love anybody else. Once you get that relationship of love with yourself, you won't be looking for love through anybody else. Like, I had issues with my dad. You know what I mean? Like, people tell me I'm pretty. I don't see pretty when I look in the mirror. You don't? No. First thing I'd be like is, oh, he just want to screw me. I don't think that I'm really pretty. You know what I mean? Well, you are a pretty girl. I've always told you you, that. You do tell me that. So I believe you, but Mm -hmm. I don't believe it when men tell me that. They'd be like, Deanna, you're so beautiful. I'd be like, shut the F up. You know what I mean? And they'd be like, Deanna, why do you respond like that? But I realize, again, that's trauma. That's why I respond the way I do. So sometimes you just got to love yourself. Love yourself and know that you are enough. Once you realize you you are enough and you love yourself, nobody will be able to interrupt your circle or your aura. You know what I mean? And trust God. You have to have faith. If you don't have nothing else, have faith because he's going to push you in the way you need to go and make sure you get there. He's never going to bring you to something without bringing you through it. Right, right. Okay, so this last couple minutes, I'm going to give you a word and you say whatever comes to mind. Faith. God. Love. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) That was love. Whether it's right or not, that to me, that was love. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma. Daddy. I said um, before you go, just because you just said that about trauma with your dad, do you feel like there do you feel like that was the the root of the issue with your relationship with men, or do you feel like yeah, what do you feel like was the root issue or or what do you feel like the root problem is between you and your father? You know what? Um, I feel like my father abandoned me. Even though he was he was there, you know, but I would have to pop up on him to get money. Like I said, he was a big drug dealer. I would have to pop up on him to get money. or, You know, he never took me to lunch or things like that. So what it was is I did not want to be um, abandoned. So I would do everything for a man to love me. You know what I mean? Because I don't want you to abandon me. So I'm going to make sure I cook for you, I clean for you, I be the person you need to be. I am be your mother, your doctor, your lawyer, whatever. You need to look something up, I'm going to figure it out because I am a – enabler I guess you know in some kind of way because I'm gonna do what it takes they always ask me what you'll do I'm like whatever it takes and they I mean that from my heart I'm gonna do whatever it takes but that's because I'm I can't deal with abandonment you know abandonment is hard for me mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah and, it, and it's real yeah it is real and so closing and closing you know this is break free so we talk about being free so if there was one thing that you could say you're in bondage to and you need to break free from it what would it be my ex Okay, y'all, there you have it. This has been another episode, a great episode um, on Break Free. And I hope today that something was said in a way that you're touched and it changed your life. Again, this is real people with real stories. I am free, and it's always delusion until they see it happen. See you next time.